welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Coming to you live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, welcome to Positively West Virginia. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Today, we're going to visit with Johnny McFadden. He's one of the founders of Mountaineer Integrated Care. They're soon to be located in Fort Ashby, West Virginia, and also in Ravenswood, West Virginia. And we'll get into the details of that here in a minute. But first, a little bit about our mission here at Positively West Virginia. Every week, we talk with West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with people just like you in West Virginia and across the country. When we first started this podcast project back in 2017, one of the things we set out to do was to encourage and inspire our listeners with positive business stories from right here in the Mountain State. To date, we've produced more than 200 episodes and Positively West Virginia is now a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can learn more about our mission of promoting small business and entrepreneurship in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. You know, I get to see so many positive things happening in West Virginia business every single day that a lot of people never get to hear about entrepreneurs small businesses people taking risk so my team at interaction media is working to change that with this show so that people realize you don't have to leave west virginia to find great business opportunities they're right here in our state we want to encourage people to stay here and build great companies and organizations right here in west virginia all of our guests are people who are actually getting that done day in and day out. And I'm convinced we can all learn from their experiences and most importantly, their stories. Once again, our guest today is Johnny McFadden. He's one of the founders of Mountaineer Integrated Care in West Virginia. Johnny, thanks for being on the show today, man. Well, Jim, thank you so much. Um, Like I told you uh, before we got on here, um, I got a message on LinkedIn that said, um, hey, we wanna talk about West Virginia entrepreneurship. You have me at hello. That's all it took. Um, so I love what you guys are about, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk to you today. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show today to, to share your story. There's so much that I want to learn about Mountaineer Integrated Care, and I'm sure our audience does too. I, I want to give folks a little background. Johnny McFadden co-founded Mountaineer Integrated Care, which won permits to grow, process, and dispense medical cannabis in West Virginia. He serves as their community outreach coordinator as the company prepares to open its growth and processor facility, the grow and processor facility in Fort Ashby, West Virginia. I want to learn about that and the dispensary for uh, West Virginia, uh, or I'm sorry, Mountaineer Integrated Care uh, in Ravenswood, West Virginia. Johnny's goal is educating the public about the cannabis industry. To that end, he's spoken to local government leaders, local news or, uh, organizations and outlets, and hundreds of average West Virginians. Before winning the permits for West Virginia, he was director of marketing for the Medical Cannabis Society, which advocates for medical cannabis patients where he helped run educational events throughout the East Coast. Johnny also works with cannabis startups and 
emerging East Coast industries. And he's also an advocate for drug policy, criminal justice reform, and all things West Virginia. He was born in Princeton, West Virginia. He's coming to us live from Princeton, West Virginia. I invited Johnny on the show to talk about his company, to share their story, and to give our audience some valuable insight into the company he co-founded right here in West Virginia. They're, they're not open for business yet, but they're working on that right now. And I think they've got a lot going on, a lot to, to talk about. Johnny, take a minute, fill in gap, uh, some gaps from that brief intro that I just gave and give us a little behind the look, behind the curtain look into your company. Well, yeah, well, um, we're in the medical cannabis industry. Um, you know, people have a, a general idea of, of what that is, I'm sure. Um, some people love it coming into West Virginia. Some people hate it. I've talked to, I've talked to both. Um, but yeah, you know, in, um, 2017, the, um, governor justice passed the medical cannabis act. Um, and it's taken a long time to get to the process of, um, handing out limited permits. There were, um, 10 grow, 10 processing and a hundred uh, dispensary permits. Wow. Um, that process started in November, 2019. Um, and the, the permits were due, um, uh, February 2020. And obviously a lot's happened since then. Um, and about uh, October, we figured out we wanted to grow. Um, November, we figured out we wanted the processor. And I believe it was the beginning of March, we figured out we wanted the dispensary. Wow. And yeah, when the when the dispensary permits came out, there's a hundred of those. That really woke people up to, oh, this, this is just around the corner. And it is around, it, you know, people, um, advocates and potential patients, they've been um, discouraged because of how long it's it's taken, but um, we are really almost there um, to hopefully have product available on shelves for patients. Um, hopefully, late summer, you know, potentially in the fall, but it's going to be this year, so people can can rest a little bit easy. Yeah, that, that's that's fascinating. Yeah. And so, Johnny, I really want to take a deep dive into this whole thing, but I want to like to know, like, the starting point how how did you get started in this business? Well, you know, you, you mentioned I'm from and, and I'm still in Princeton, West Virginia, Southern West Virginia, Mercer County. Yeah. Um, I love Southern West Virginia. Um, I really don't want to, you know, go anywhere besides this state. Um, you know, I was always uh, told growing up as a kid, we have, um, you know, but we do have problems. We have, um, we could use more economic development. We could use more economic diversity specifically. Yeah. Um, we could, um, you know, we have an opioid epidemic and I'm sure you and I and, and a lot of people know people or have been personally affected by it. Um, but, you know, how I got into this business, I thought I was going to, um, I was a psychology major at WVU. Um, I thought I was going to go to Kansas uh, University for an economic, um, I was into uh, behavioral economics. Mm -hmm. And it was a program that we didn't have in, in West Virginia, even though WVU does have a great um, behavioral psychology program. We didn't have that. Hmm. Um, and it was in 2017, I was in the rat and pigeon lab, um, in my white coat, um, doing some, it was mostly cleaning up stuff being in that, working with animals. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, I don't, I don't know if I want to be an academic and I definitely don't want to go to Kansas. Um, and I was in the lab when the governor signed the, the medical cannabis act. And, that day, I was looking at my phone, and I and I decided that day, I'm going to stay in West Virginia. I'm going to take a chance. There's these limited permits, and that's the nature of these industries with these limited permits. If you don't 
get one of these permits. And it's a super competitive process. Um, there were, there were, you know, it's by the numbers, you know, 20, 10, 5% chance, depends on how many people apply that you actually get them. Wow. Um, but I decided that day to, to, to be involved in, um, it was also a matter of me and my buddy of mine, um, Andrew Wilson, who's a co-founder of this as well. He's a, uh, from Princeton as well. Um, we knew people um, in our community and elsewhere, um, specifically kids with um, really, really debilitating conditions and really specific ones that cannabis was giving them relief that nothing else could. Traditional medicine wasn't helping at all. Things like intractable epilepsy, um, cancer, and any kind of terminal illness, and the 15 specifically that are um, the Medical Cannabis Act allows, but it's it's still not available on shelves. And at that time, we knew moms that were having to become criminals to get their kids relief. And and hey, um, if there's a chance that a, a mother can help a, a sick or dying child, yeah. um, they're not going to let anything get in their way. I promise you that. And you don't want to be the one in the way. <laughs> um, and so that really fired us up as well as the act passing um, to, as you mentioned, work with the Medical Cannabis Society, um, kind of advocate for it and, and work in nonprofits and then eventually um, meet a bunch of people and say, hey, let's try to do this in West Virginia. And it's just been a whole lot of fun getting there. Wow, that's that's fascinating. What Are you able to give us a little insight as to the facilities that are going to be opening up? I, I mentioned there that you're going to be uh, opening up the grow and processor facility. So that's kind of like two separate permits, the growing and the and the processing facility mm -hmm. in Fort Ashby, West Virginia. Can you talk a little bit about that um, from a, you know, like, like what's that physically going to look like? Is it? Uh, like yeah, a, so you're, you are correct. Yeah, grow and processing in the same facility. I think, I believe it's 27,000 square feet. Um, in, in Fort Ashby, which is, I didn't know where it was before. So if you don't know, if you, Jim or anybody else doesn't know, don't feel guilty. Uh, it's a real small town outside of uh, Kaiser, yeah, it's over uh, in Mineral Mineral County. County. Yeah, Mineral County. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, basically Eastern Panhandle. And it's a facility that was built um, in 2005 and for the purposes of bringing in um, to an industrial park, new businesses and attracting businesses. Hmm. And they, it's never been occupied. For 15 wow. years, it wow. sat there. Wow. It, and so, um, you know, when I tell people, you know, hey, we can't afford to turn down new industry, new jobs, new businesses. This is what I mean. We're filling this this facility. It's not been used for, you know, we're buying it off the, um, you know, off off the county. It's it's not been used for 15 years. It was built to um, business. It just took a long time to get the right <laughs> yeah, business. It just, you know, it, it took it took bold policy to, to bring businesses in as well. It's, it's going to take a lot to, to, um, to bring business in, but we can do it. Well, and Dr. our dispensary. I was going to ask you. Yes. So from the, from the, from the growing facility, mm -hmm. is it, it's, so it's all indoors primarily. Is that the, kind of the way it works? It's got to be indoors in West Virginia. Okay. Um, so you're going to be, is it like hydroponic? How does, how does it work? If you don't, I mean, you don't have to give trade secrets, but just <laughs> overview, like, how does it all work? Well, um, I have looked at all of our, our grow procedures, but, but I tell you the way, I can't really tell you anything because I don't know a thing about growing. <laughs> I don't know a thing about growing tomatoes or cannabis Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, um, there, we, other people do. Um, but I, you know, I am our community outreach guy. 
you know, which is, you know, it's, 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 it's just bringing the whole community involved, um, you know, help write the application to, to win us these permits, um, you know, PR, um, and just, and just outreach and, and making sure people are, um, know what they need to know. Yeah. And so that's the funny thing about it. You know, um, I do have a book that people can, can, you know, a, a book suggestion for people who really do want to grow, but I've never read it and I don't know a thing about it. Um, cause I'm more of a policy nerd. I'm more of a, a business nerd. And so, um, it is funny how I, I really don't know anything. I don't have a green thumb at all. And I'm in this business. Yeah. So, so you have the, the growing and the processing facility there in Fort Ashby in, over in Mineral County. And then the dispensary is going to be in Ravenswood, West Virginia. That's correct. And that is actually the former city hall. And we work with the city on that. And it's been vacant. They moved. I think it was a bank at some point in its history that, um, that, that um, went away for some reason. Um, and it was the former city hall. And, and it's been vacant for a long time as well. And it's just right in the middle of town. And so the, the, um, what we're doing with taking these facilities, taking these communities and trying to revitalize and pump life into them, mm-hmm. it just makes me so excited um, mm-hmm. to, because I just hate seeing resources or real estate or whatever going to waste. Um, I just can't stand it. So mm-hmm. I just love that we can revitalize these, these buildings and, and bring businesses to them. Absolutely. I think that's super cool. You know, you, you, there's a, a lot of towns in West Virginia that have vacant buildings, you know, whether it's in an industrial park or it's in a main street area. And when you have the ability to, to spark something, right, there's a spinoff effect of that. You know, you have, um, my friend, Frank Vitale calls it the force multiplier, right? You have somebody comes Mm -hmm. in there and then there's so much energy that's happening around that, that it, it grows other things, right? So we're not just growing cannabis, we're growing other businesses, right? And, and yeah. That's a, that's a fantastic point. And to my lack of growing knowledge, you know, that's, I'm filling this role. You don't have to be a grower. You don't even have to work in a cannabis business. This is, this is going to need HVAC people. This is going to need construction people, security people, um, all, all sorts of ancillary businesses that pop up around it and that need to contract with this industry. Um, So it's, yeah, it's not just the the hundreds and hundreds of jobs that will be created by the medical cannabis businesses themselves. It's yeah, that is this, this um, snowball effect. Yes. Yep. So you, you've assembled quite a leadership team for Mountaineer Integrated Care. Can you talk a little bit about how that all came about? Yeah. Um, starting in 2017, just, just being around the space and, you know, it really was, it really was networking and um, team building is such a big part of um, building an application to, to go after some of these licenses um, and it's, it's taken every single one of, um, our, our co-founders to, to make this happen, to, um, you know, put together an application that was scored by the DHHR and to, to beat out, um, you know, big companies and small companies alike, um, to win these limited permits. Um, it, it is, it's a massive lift and it's a massive risk, um, because, you, you have no clue, you know, you, you have some idea, but you can never be for sure that you're going to win. And, um, and, and so it, it does take every one of us and we've got, um, just basically every, every part of the, the business, um, there's a, there's a guy for that. And that's, and that's what you need. And, you know, the state, um, you know, there was, there was people who wanted, there's competing interests of, you know, we want West Virginians to benefit from it. 
Um, but we also need to be super regulated and super limited permits. And, um, you know, you need super expertise. And obviously, if you live in West Virginia your entire life, um, you, you couldn't possibly have legal cannabis experience, legal being the operative word. Um, but I, I had to go out to to um, to different states and work in different states and an advocate to really meet these people and learn what I need to do and spend a lot of time learning on my own. So Johnny, I'm, I'm just interested in this is, is, was there a, a large out of state force trying to get these permits to grow and, and, and to process, especially? Absolutely. There is in every state. Um, you know, there's, they call them MSOs or multi-state operators. Um, there are those of, of, of various sizes. Um, and that's just kind of the nature of things. Um, and some people are concerned. Um, but again, you know, we wanted the ultimate experience, ultimate regulation. Um, it's, it's just a matter of trade-offs. I, you know, I really don't, you know, take a moral position one way or the other. Um, it's, there's just going to be trade-offs. Um, I don't think it's necessarily bad, but, um, what I do a lot of my stuff and talk to as many people as possible, so that West Virginians can benefit as much as possible, get these jobs, um, and, and be an entrepreneur if they want as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's fascinating uh, insight, I think. And uh, you know, I, I think it's such a um, it's it's a, um, a a brand new market category that's coming into our state, right? And I think it's going to be like anything, you know, there's going to be pros, there's going to be cons, there's going to be people for people, people against. And, and as an entrepreneur, you know, you've got to keep your head down. And I like, I like your attitude with regard to leadership. And, you know, this is a, this is a business venture. You're trying to do good for the communities you're, you're going to be participating in. Give us some more uh, insight as to that and what's driving that in inside of you. Well, yeah, I really do think that this, um, this is a um, this is a positive, and obviously, as you mentioned, some people uh, don't support it. I've met uh, many, many of those people, many county commissioners, and many. Um, and I went before COVID. I went around to as many county commission and city council meetings as I possibly could, mm-hmm. and we get up in front of a room of fifty people. Um, a lot of them on the older side. Um, a lot of them, you know, many, many of them conservative, um, politically, and just and just kind of personally. And, you know, answer the tough questions of um, answer their tough questions and their concerns. And um, by the time I got done, you know, 90 percent of people in attendance were on board and mm-hmm. almost always the, um, you know, the, the local leaders were on board because this is, you know, this is not a political thing at all. This is an issue of economic development. Um, creating new industries, creating more jobs. That's, that's the key. That's how that's, we know that's how we're going to grow. We can't turn down jobs. We can't turn down revenue either. Um, And there's all kinds of evidence. This is a positive for public health, um, a passionate thing to do in terms of criminal justice and and just flat flat out personal freedom. Um, And that's it. That's something that those are things that anybody can get behind. Yeah. I mean, especially with the medical industry, um, I mean, these are, you know, like I mentioned, Crohn's disease, cancer, terminal illnesses, epileptic seizures, um, and, and 15 in total that are not only so debilitating. And if you see them in person, they're, they're just will make you just make you your bones hurt and just make your bones sad seeing people dealing with this stuff. Um, but they're also illnesses that are 
uniquely cannabis can solve. And cannabis is not a silver bullet for all West Virginia's problems. It's not good for everybody. People with certain conditions should not be, should not take it whatsoever. But for those people with those certain conditions, um, it can absolutely save their lives. And I've met, um, you know, I've got a, a, a family member with, um, with cancer. And I've been to a lot of oncologist offices over the past uh, year or so. And I've met countless people that have told me that in, in oncologist offices and in my time in advocacy that told me cannabis has saved their life. Wow. Um, and so when you tell people that when you tell average West Virginians that we're, we're pretty compassionate people mm-hmm. on average, um, they understand that. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the fact is, is this is, this is highly regulated. Uh, it's, it's, I would say the things that I've heard, it's going to be even more highly regulated than the alcohol industry, you know, oh, way more wine, beer, et cetera, you know, liquor and all those kinds of things. So way more so. So it is, it is a, um, you're going to be producing medical grade substances and there's, you know, it's not like you're, you know, out on the back of the, the, the ridge over there, you know, with a big crop of, you know, marijuana plants growing this is a control these things are going to be more secure than a bank yeah these, these facilities that's that's what i'm getting at it is a, this is a whole different ball game and i think you know I, I understand i guess maybe i don't understand but people often tend to 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 form opinions on things that they don't understand you know mm-hmm. it's just like anything and you know you've got to break through and, and you know you being an advocate for for your company but also the people that you serve is, I think is, is huge. I want to give you an opportunity, Johnny. And I know that you guys haven't officially launched your, you know, you're not doing business yet. You're still in preparation mode, but here at the end of, uh, or toward the end of this year, you guys will be operational. What's, what's your 32nd pitch for integrate Mountaineer integrated care, MIC. In other words, what is it you tell people you do? Mm, Let me get the timer out. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, uh, uh, so we, um, our mission is to advance the health of West Virginians through targeted medical cannabis therapies. And that means um, growing, processing, and dispensing in the most, eth- most ethical and safe way we possibly can with the mission of um, putting patients first each and every, you know, with each and every step, you know, so that that's it. It's in awesome. the, the takeaway in one sentence, it's all about medical cannabis patients in West Virginia everything that we do is for them. Um, and that's how it's always going to be. Yeah. That's, that's uh, very well put. What would you say is the thing you're most excited about for Mountaineer integrated care right now? Well, um, the exciting thing will be, we'll be getting these facilities up and up, you know, up operation. Um, um, I was told that uh, I may be asked what my, um, you know, what one of my best moments is, you know, um, but, and that's, that's kind of, I've touched on it briefly, but what I'm really excited about for the future is, is getting these, I mean, I I'm just envisioning the day where we can, you know, cut ribbons and finally give these people relief that have been waiting for since 2017. And obviously even longer, that's just when the law was passed. Mm. Um, but also, you know, some people don't like to, are, are tired of our policy and politics. And I try to leave politics out of it, but policy, and again, I'm a policy nerd. It's just so critical to, to what we do because all of these businesses um, are kind of technically, if you look at it in a, in a certain light, federally illegal. 
Um, and that's, that's totally unique to this business. Um, and so federal policy um, is, is so important. State policy, all these states around us are legalizing. Well, that's one thing that makes me a little worried um, is the industry getting distracted. And what was a bold thing in 2017 is now kind of we're falling behind again. Um, and if you look at the map of, of um, states that have legalized, there's only or have some kind of legal cannabis. It's only, you know, five or so. Um, I mean, it's, it's really things have really changed. Um, but that for mountain integrated care, I'm looking to open these facilities. That's our main goal. Are you talking about um, legal for like recreational use as opposed to medicinal? A lot of states are going recreational in Virginia, New York, and uh, New Mexico. Um, recently, um, you know, they went they went recreational in a matter of a week. All three of them, um, and that was more that was more relative to legislative calendars than than anything else. But uh, it was it was a huge windfall there, and it, it seems to be something that's the the governor justice has called it. You know, a wave that will hit us eventually. Yeah. Um, just a matter, that's what I'm most excited about. matter of when, not if. Seems to be. Um, yeah, in this, in this space, uh, you kind of have to be skeptical. And uh, if, you've been, if you've been optimistic for the last 20 years or however longer you've been disappointed, <laughs> but it does seem like, like things are changing. And with 90% support nationally of, of medical or recreational, um, it's an issue that's, that's going to need to be dealt with. Yeah. So Johnny, how much we're, I guess my question is, and I just want to make sure that we, we all can understand this, your geographic area that you'll serve, will this be all, anybody who lives in West Virginia can have access to this through a doctor's prescription? Is that how it works? Is it, and is it tied to West Virginia or can it be outside of the state as well? It is just West Virginians grown in West Virginia, processed in West Virginia, dispensed in West Virginia. Um, purchased by West Virginians. Um, that is it. So, I mean, it is kind of, I heard somebody the other day, uh, say like, you know, imagine if, um, oranges, you can only drink orange juice if it was grown in your state. I mean, in Massachusetts, it would be, you know, $20 a cup. And in, in Florida, it would be, uh, you know, it would be, it would be dirt cheap. And here's my dog coming in. Hey dog. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, but yes, and you mentioned it's only medical cannabis patients with those 15 qualifying conditions. Um, so it's not just any West Virginian, but, but yes, only West Virginia. And it'll t- basically take a prescription, just like if you're going to get an antibiotic or an antihistamine or something. Like that. Basically. Yeah. Because of federal nonsense, it's technically called a recommendation. It would be technically illegal to prescribe it. Okay. So they recommend that you do have those condition, that condition. And then basically you get your card, you'll go to a dispensary. Again, those are extremely secure. You'll go through a, basically a locked area. They'll, they'll vet you, check your car, check everything. Um, and let there's many kind of like waiting rooms that are, are locked off. Um, and then, yeah, these things are, these things will be, uh, extremely secure. Very good. How many, how, I guess your, your team, I mentioned your team, you have a great leadership team. How many employees do you have and how do you, how many, how many employees do you envision down the road once, once all three, you know, all three divisions, the growth, the processing and the dispensary are open? Yeah. I mean, we started off with, um, 10 people here. Um, and I've seen projections for a grow processing facility. Um, you could have a hundred people, hundred employees pretty, pretty easily. 
Um, and it's going to depend on, it's going to grow over time uh, because we are creating an industry somewhat from scratch, at least a, mm-hmm. um, a legal industry from scratch. Sure. Um, but yeah, you know, it could be a hundred per facility. Um, and there's all these facilities throughout the state and then a dispensary, it could be 35 plus easily as well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it'll, it'll take time to get up to that. Um, but we've seen some, some stickiness in terms of the patient population because they're waiting for, you know, these, um, you know, it's about 200 bucks to see a doctor and then you have to pay, I think a $50 fee, um, to, um, for the, to the state. And so they're, they're thinking, okay, I really would, would not rather do this until I actually see businesses operational. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once, once the market is fully mature, um, the jobs and the revenue, um, uh, are going to be very, very, uh, very, very good for West Virginia. Yeah. And I kind of said, uh, kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, by the end of the year, you, you guys will be, uh, up and running. Is there, is there like an estimated time where all this is coming down and, and is it everybody at once? How's that, how does that work? I mean, that's a fantastic question. Um, it's, it's not exactly, it's not exactly clear. Like I said, I mean, the way I see it, um, I mean, we don't really have, um, because things change so fast, we don't really, you know, we don't get together and vote on, you know, official lines every, every couple of days. Cause that's what it would take. Yeah. But, um, you know, what I see is, is, is late summer, um, you know, fall potentially. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I wish, I wish we were, we're working, you know, believe me, we're working our tails off to get it as, and all these uh, permit holders are, um, but um, it is, it is going to be this year. So people can rest easy to a certain degree. I was just wondering, you know, like, is, is everybody rushing to be the first to, to open or is there like a deadline where, or not necessarily a deadline, I guess it would be a, an, a, uh, a date where everybody's allowed to open or is it, get get there as quickly as you can kind of people are allowed to open as soon as they're operational and they pass certain um certain requirements from the office of medical cannabis under the bureau of public health under the dhhr um lots of bureaucracy and lots of bureaucracy and that's contributed to um the speed of things um uh, understandably um but there's not a specific date it's um people are as soon as people can get operational and uh, they'll, that's, that's the idea is they'll, they'll get operational. Hey, if you're the, you know, it's, it's probably going to be grows first. Um, they were awarded first, um, and it's supposed to be given a head start. So you can obviously have a harvest and then ideally you'd have dispensaries come online as soon as that harvest is done. Um, and then you can, and then that you could officially ship it to them and have product on shelves. Um, but, but, you know, legal cannabis won't be available till then. Um, and so we've made a lot of progress, but there's still not legal cannabis available on shelves. So, so that's the ultimate goal. We haven't really done anything till we do that. This whole, this whole topic is, is very interesting. I just want to remind folks, our guest today is Johnny McFadden. He's one of the founders at Mountaineer Integrated Care. Uh, they're coming online with a growth facility, a processing facility, and a dispensary for the new medical cannab- uh, cannabis uh law that uh, Governor Justice signed back in 2017. I want to remind folks that we uh, have sponsors for Positively West Virginia, and they include the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. The support we receive from these West Virginia companies allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia, including new industries like Johnny's. Johnny, uh, you know, I'd really like to uh, 
kind of talk a little bit about the vision that you have for Mountaineer Integrated Care, uh, your company that you founded long-term. What's that vision look like? Well, our, like I said, with Mountaineer Integrated Care, um, it is all about providing, um, you know, safe medical cannabis um, in an ethical way to medical cannabis patients in West Virginia. As I also said, um, the nature of this industry can change um, at the whim of politicians, you know, over. Um, and so obviously recreational states are, are happening all around us. Um, there may be a point in time in the future where the kind of imaginary lines, um, you know, that, that separate the, the states, they fall apart and that would obviously change things. Um, and there's a million different things that could happen, but our, our imperative will always be um, for medical cannabis patients, because that's why this law was passed, why these permits were dealt out, was to provide relief and medication for these people. Um, and so, you know, we're not, I, you know, I personally advocate for, for lots of things, but um, that's, that's, that's our goal. And the first step to that is getting operational and getting making product available. Um, and the mothers that I mentioned, making sure that they're not no longer criminals or having to go um, every week, fly their, their debilitatingly sick child to, to Colorado, whatever, and spending their life savings. That's, that's the goal is to make sure that never happens. Yeah. Um, and like I said, a million different things could happen because that's the nature of this industry, but, but that's our, that's our goal. Yeah. So Johnny, you graduated from WVU. You had your, have your degree in what is, what is it again? Psychology. Just uh, psychology is the degree. Uh, also um, okay, minor in economics and political science, but, uh, but yes. But you have a background in marketing. How, how will you attract customers to, to your, I mean, how does that all work? It's a brand new pioneering industry that's, that's <laughs> popping up here in West Virginia this year. How will you get the word out there? Well, as long as there's not stickiness um, in the, in the patient um, registration process, which mm -hmm. we've seen there is some right now, yeah. but demand for this product is not really an issue. <laughs> it's there. Yeah. Um, and so what we've seen in Pennsylvania who we've modeled, yeah, um, yeah. Our, our legislature has modeled the, our, our law and program after um, there's product shortages all the time. Um, and so obviously in states like California, it's more of a, a recognizable industry. Um, but in the East coast and is why I specialize in it because it's so different. It's basically, well, every state's its whole industry. It's a whole different industry. Um, yeah, but, um, demand is not really an issue, <laughs> but uh, it will, you know, it, marketing will come into play down the line, but but right now we just got to get product on shelves and um, there, there will be a time and place for that. Yep. So what's, what's one of the biggest challenges you face right now? Well, there's a lot. <laughs> this is not, this is not an industry for the faint of heart. I mean, uh, uh, section 280E of the tax code basically says um, it is really, you know, what, what ultimately is making things really expensive for, for patients. Um, and that's basically, uh, to my understanding, I'm not a tax expert, but basically you can't deduct anything and, 
and you're going to be paying the, the, the most possible tax, um, um, you know, possible. Um, as I mentioned, uh, being federally illegal um, is, is a challenge um, uh, because, you know, we ha we've had, um, you know, uh, the Justice Department, some people in the Justice Department will make threats sometimes, and that obviously um, will scare um, all kinds of people <laughs> as it, as it should. Um, I mean, that, those are, the, those are the biggest challenges. Um, you know, there's this, there's limited permits and that's, if you want to start up a cannabis business, if you're an aspiring, um, permit seeker, um, you're going to have to compete with people who have do, been doing this since it's existed people who have, you know, decades of operational experience. And, and like I said, if you're from West Virginia, you and you lived here entire life do you likely have zero operational experience you can put on a resume um exactly. <laughs> with, with growing with growing cannabis yeah. i mean i could really go go on and on with with the challenges of of uh you know we're operating a cannabis business but um and a lot of people have bemoaned the fact that you know it's there's a lot of barriers um you know more than you can't work with um you can't work with normal financial institutions um, you can't go to your bank because they're saying uh, this is federally legal. We this is this would put us at risk, um, and that's a huge reason why average people and and this has become kind of a, you know, in, in other states it's become kind of a, you know, an exclusive club. We're hoping that doesn't happen, and you know, as things go forward. Wow. So, I mean, is that I don't know if you're at liberty to to even answer answer this, but how how does a company like Mountaineer Integrated Care get funding, startup capital to, to, to start this and hire people and, and purchase buildings and whatnot. How, do, how does that all happen? Yeah, you know, I, I can't speak on, um, you know, us, us particularly. Um, and we, um, you know, we haven't um, announced anything or anything like that. Um, but you, you'll be the first one to know when, when we do, when we do announce anything, if we do, but, um, you know, it's a lot of, um, you know, just private investment, um, and, you know, private, it's just, it's just basically all private. Cause again, the normal financial institutions where you could say, I want to go start a restaurant, I'll go to the bank and see if, and see if they think, um, a, a taco stand or whatever is, a, is, a, is if they believe in that, you just can't go to normal fi financial institutions. So it's all it's all private. That's basically, that's basically the long and short of it. And that's another reason why it's, you know, it's a problem um, because that's, that's a fine way to do things, but it shouldn't be the only way to do things. And it's definitely, it's definitely a barrier to entry for kind of more normal folks who aren't already in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. I think, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, feel, I find it very, very interesting just how the whole thing is just kind of evolving you're, like i said you're you're a pioneer honestly in in the industry absolutely well the west coast was the the pioneer and hey 98 uh, or 6 or whatever california yeah. um started their thing and that was the frontier now that market's saturated and now people are like yeah you know if you go to california and i say um i'm in the i'm in the cannabis industry it's just the most boring thing ever mm -hmm. uh, i met people from the west coast in there and they're just so not interested they don't care but when I talk to West Virginians or really anybody in the East Coast, oh, tell me more. What is what is that? It's just so uh, funny how different the attitudes are, and the, the West Coast is so tired of it. It's so it's just so run in the mill. And here, it's I mean, it is the the last frontier of of American cannabis, and it's um, it's uh, certainly um, interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I find it interesting just to 
just to talk to you and learn. Uh, and I think that's really cool that you're, you know, you're a, uh, a community outreach coordinator, a founder of this company, but you're also very good at explaining like the whole thing and given, given us uh, all a little bit of uh, education on the, on the subject and in the industry. Yeah. I hope so. Cause if I weren't good at it, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> so what's, you know, obviously you're an entrepreneur, you're a risk taker. What's one piece of advice you would give to young business owners in West Virginia? Um, you know, just thinking about, Hey, you know, you know, they're sitting in a, you know, in, in their lab and they're working on with lab rats in their psych lab and they, <laughs> they hear this news story and they say, Hey, I'm going to do that. What's one piece of advice you would give uh, young people, especially yeah. about starting a company here in West Virginia? Yeah. Well, I'm 25 and um I'm usually about the youngest person in whatever business setting that I'm in. Um, and so I do feel like I have uh, a good amount of experience of, of that role uh, of being the, the young person. Um, and what I would definitely say is ask questions, ask for help. Uh, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'll preach it all day long. People in West Virginia, if you call somebody's office, if you reach out to somebody's email, you're probably going to get the, the the man, woman, et cetera, in charge um, because and they'll probably be a friendly voice because we're a small enough state where where that actually makes sense is you can actually get in touch with the people who you want to get in touch with. And that's the big thing. But you've got to take the initiative. You've got to reach out, send out a million emails, you know, follow up, send personal emails. Um, and you're going to have to mentors have been the key for me. And I've just learned so much, um, you know, in, in the, you know, in, in school and, and also in business and, but it took us, you know, my advice is just annoy them until they say no, <laughs> they, you know, just make them, make them tell you no. Um, because a lot of times people just, they just, you know, they might be interested in, in hearing what you have to say, but it just gets lost in the shuffle. But if you keep following up and you keep just obviously be super polite um, and, and never be rude or anything like that, but just politely um, just make them, you know, if, if, if the answer is no and they, they're not interested in you, then that's, that's totally fine. Um, and it shouldn't be any kind of, you shouldn't be offended by it at all. That's just, they, they probably don't even know you. So there's no reason for them to, to have to help you, but a lot of times they will. Hmm. And um I think it starts with just asking questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Absolutely. That's great stuff. I appreciate you answering that and giving that advice. What's one you one thing you do every day that you think contributes to your success, Johnny? Oh, one thing I do every day. I mean, it's got to be learning. Hmm. Learning, I guess that's kind of a, a general answer, but I mean, I'm just constantly reading articles constantly. I mean, I would just go in, you know, if the state passes a, a new law, I'll just go and read the whole law, just front to cover. I, I, I'm just kind of a nerd that way. Um, and so that I'm sure that's applicable to any industry you're in. Um, read every article. I've got the Google alert set for everything. Um, and I they pop up on my phone as soon as, as soon as some news happens. Um, I know that, you know, I, I think that you're probably, you know, passionate about self-development. It sounds like, you know, um, 
And, and so learning in that way too. Um, but also just if you're in your industry, just have the Google alert set and just read everything that comes out because <laughs> it's going to help you down the road. No doubt. Well, what's one book or podcast even that you would recommend for aspiring entrepreneurs? As I mentioned, mentors were, were big for me. And one of my mentors, um, he told me, I'd already read how to win, how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. And that should be where you start because that is the absolute business Bible. And if you haven't read it, it's just basically people can smell BS. If you think that you're going to be fake nice and that's going to get you ahead, I mean, it might work a day, but people will sniff it out. I think West Virginia specific, even more have a strong nose for what people are BSing them. Yeah. Um, well, I have a buddy, then, I have a buddy yeah. who says that we, we have a strong BS meter. I think so. That's exactly, that's exactly what I think. <laughs> and then he also, he said three books. He said, um, how to win friends and influence people think and grow rich, which sorry, mentor, I will not name. I have only, I'm only halfway through it. So I'll get, <laughs> it's Napoleon Hill. That's right. That's right. And uh, he also said the art of war. And that one, I'm not sure about. Um, I never really, I, I didn't get how it, maybe he just thinks in a different way that, I, that maybe I'm too nice that I can't apply that to, to a business setting. But, um, but that's what I was told. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a, the same way as in learning. Did you, did you say um, podcast as well? Or if you had, yeah, if you had one. Well, I'm a big podcast. And as soon as I learned about you, I've, as I mentioned, I've binged, you know, like 10 of them. Um, and because I can't get enough of it, I love podcasts. But, you know, if, if you're going to be any business, you know, any any kind of business or, or into the market, marketplace, obviously, um, it's a it's a it's an institution at this point. I love it. Listen to it every day. Um, and for, you know, by behavioral people, uh, Freakonomics is is like my all time favorite podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and it just it just shows how, you know, we think we know things, but we, we really don't. There were so many biases that come into play. And if you can know your own bias, I mean, that's almost, that's, that can be really powerful. No doubt. That's awesome. We've covered a lot in this interview. Johnny, is there anything else you think our listeners should know about your story or the story of Mountaineer Integrated Care? Uh, I just think that my story is a testament to um, how we actually get young people to stay in the state um, because in Charleston and throughout the state, it's been talked about ad nauseum. Yeah. And um, I haven't heard young people actually be in the conversation about it. And it's not like they should dominate the conversation because let's be honest, young people know less things mm -hmm. than, than even just a, people a couple of years older than them. Yeah. But they should be a part of the conversation um, and they should, you know, just have, have a seat at the table. Um, and I think that, you know, we can, you know, we do have a, um, you know, perspective on, on what would keep young people in the state. Uh, for me, it was this bold policy that literally the day it got signed, I was so proud of the state. And I was like, wow, you know, maybe we can actually start to solve our problems. Um, you know, this being just a start, but it's a, it's a great start in my opinion. Um, and so I think it's a testament to being bold, um, taking risks and, um, and just, you know, at WVU, the, um, the slogan was 
It was hashtag go first. And hey, maybe that's just kind of a, a, a slogan that doesn't really, you know, it's just a Twitter thing or whatever. But I really took that to heart. I, and, and I saw it, you know, plastered everywhere walking around school. And I'm like, mm. I mean, what, what's more go first than, than being the first, you know, member of, of the West Virginia medical cannabis industry? I mean, and, you know, being the first member of an industry, you know, that's, that's, that's being created for the first time. Mm. Um, and I, so I took that as a charge to be bold. And I think that's how we, we solve our problems in West Virginia. And not only solve our problems, but build, build this state into something great. Yeah. That's, uh, that's very interesting, Johnny. I appreciate that. In closing, how can our listeners learn more about Mountaineer Integrated Care or maybe even get in contact with you? Well, you can go to our, our website, mountaineercare.com, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, all that good stuff. Um, look out, you know, uh, in, in the coming months for, uh, for jobs, not just with us, but for everybody. I want to see um, as many West Virginians and hey, transplants are just fine. I have nothing against against transplants. But I mean, if people are looking for jobs and they have, you know, horticulture experience, retail experience, or, or, or any, or anything that might be applicable, or, hey, they have a, a security company. Um, look out, look out for opportunities. Um, you know, feel free to, to send us or anybody else a, a message and, and, and introduce yourself. Um, but once we can really um, start hiring and that process hasn't really started for anybody quite yet, mm-hmm. but it's in the coming months, it will. And that's just so exciting to me to, to be able to bring hundreds and hundreds of jobs to West Virginia um, mm-hmm. and an industry that gets created, you know, out of thin air. It's not taking resources from anything else. So um, it's, it's a once in a lifetime um, opportunity here in West Virginia. And I want people, West Virginia specifically, to, to benefit as, as much as possible from it. Absolutely. And we'll make sure we have links to mountaineercare.com on the show notes section of the podcast and Facebook Live as well. Johnny, it's been a real honor to have you on the show today. I think uh, what you're doing, pioneering and mountaineering, if you will, <laughs> a brand new industry going first uh, is is really incredible. Uh, keep up the, the great work of helping people and serve serving those patients. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, wvnews.com and Interaction Media. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the Mountain State, just like Johnny McFadden, one of the founders at Mountaineer Integrated Care uh, here in West Virginia, our hope is that we in some way equipped you and inspired you with this business story. If you or someone you know would like to be a a guest on the show or would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website, PositivelyWV.com. We appreciate your comments, your your encouragement, uh, the reviews that you guys leave. It's awesome. And we certainly appreciate it. Of course, we encourage you to share these stories on your social media channels as well. And be sure to check out our weekly show, Small Business Mastermind, every Friday from 11 to noon. That, the whole concept of Mastermind was brought to you by Napoleon Hill from Think and Grow, Grow Rich, Johnny. Uh, so we've, we've taken a page from that book and uh, we do that every Friday from 11 to noon. Positively West Virginia is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can learn more about our mission of advancing small business and entrepreneurship in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia.